Hi everyone, welcome to an episode of Resonate at The Reconnected. This is one of your hosts, Emma. I'm the co-founder of The Reconnected alongside Eleanor, who's here today. Hi everyone. Well, as someone who we've really wanted to talk to because it's just so fun to see you putting your work out into the world. And this is Hadman Jot, who is the creator of Infinity Ma. And we actually got to know Hadman Jot from working with Guru Jagat. And Eleanor and I would watch your videos and all of your fun content that you would create with her. And we were like, wow, they are so cool. And we would just love to be friends with those people. They're just like, Seriously got such a vibe going. So welcome, Hadman Jot. So lovely to have you on the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> we want a little today. bit of a fangirl episode. Totally. Yeah. It's going to be a total fangirl episode <laughs> because what we want to talk about today is just living a spiritually aligned life as a mother. And it's really magnetic to see a parent just moving with the pulse of their own spirit as well as parenting. Mm. So we just wanted to talk about that today because we have in common our shared love of Kundalini yoga. You're a Kundalini yoga teacher and devotee. You practice Kundalini yoga, I assume, every day. So we'd just love to chat about that. And how did you get started in the world of Kundalini yoga? Like what did it look like before and after you got into practice? Wow, totally. So, um, you know, it's really funny. I think that if I didn't make Kundalini my job, I might have a little bit more trouble um, making it part of my everyday life, (laughs) but that's actually why I made it my job. Um, I, I knew, I knew very early on in my life that I wanted to be a mother. So sort of by the age of 15, I thought, okay, I'll, I'm probably going to have a family. Like this is something that I like family. Um, I'd love to, uh, bring children into this world and, and give them a good home. Um, I like, I like education. I like learning. I love to, you know, be a teacher. The mother is actually considered the first teacher in Kundalini yoga, which even before learning that I felt, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to teach, uh, you know, individuals and show them how good life can be and show them how wonderful they are. I, I did not have, um, I had a really chaotic upbringing. My, my parents were, had like a insane kind of divorce. And though, um, both of my parents, I have an immense amount of respect for them. It was, I mean, it was so damaged (laughs) the whole family structure Mm. that it's not as though I had like this, like great upbringing that I couldn't wait to pass on to somebody else. Actually, I had like a really frightening upbringing. Um, but I had enough, I had enough energy and enough sense of creative self that I, uh, I wanted to pass that forward onto somebody else. So I knew very early, I wanted to be a mom. And, um, in addition to that, I, I had this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, guys, the, the, maybe I should close that door. The, the that is- <laughs> yeah, no worries. Let me just give that a second. You no can, worries. You can, uh, what is it? An alarm outside? Is there an alarm? Outside. Outside. alarm outside. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm like yeah, a whole moment where it feels Hold like on a second. <laughs> it feels so authentic to my perception of America. No, truly. <laughs> yeah, I know it is such a perception. It's like it's always and it's the most typical um, perception of America. <laughs> I live in the most like pristine quiet and then the neighborhood and went off, like we and then there was alarms are going off. <laughs> so yeah, I had this like I I I wonder if this language really will resonate with people, but I had this quest for self-experience. I really, and I wasn't going to, um, I'm fierce. I mean, I am really fierce and I uh, will not rest until I feel like I have um, achieved that. And it's not an achievement. It's a different kind of ambition. Like, you know, Americans are considered to be very ambitious kinds of people, but the ambition is often um, focused towards some kind of money or success or fame attainment. Mm -hmm. My ambition was towards self-realization and self uh, liberated Mm self-expression. I was going to have it and there was nothing going to get in my way. And so that really led me on the path of acting Mm -hmm. because on stage, I felt very liberated. Mm -hmm. And then I, so I went to acting school and, um, it was, great but actually at that time I sort of started it started to wane I think realizing that the business was so different than just practicing on stage and that the roles weren't actually very nice like it Mm. feels like in in the movies and but also in theater you're either playing a prostitute and I'm not kidding how many prostitutes I had to read for or (laughs) a crazy person and that's it you're either a crazy woman or you're a prostitute and I just thought like this is not how I want to use my energy this is not how I want to use my personhood I I want my personhood to be standing for something better and so it was shortly after um acting school that somebody gave me a kundalini yoga class I ended up randomly in LA I took one class I did a teacher training 40 days after that I met my teacher Guru Jagat and the rest is really history so um I've got a question. I'm so curious about something. There's when you say that ambition, you know what it's reminding me of? A lot of the parents in the community at the Reconnected have what I would I probably relate to being drive to Mm. um, pass on different patterns, you know, to do things differently. And when you say, I, I think they might not realize that what that actually is is an a drive towards a self-realization or a, a, a new way of knowing yourself. And I, I think a lot of them would relate to this, um, uh, this feeling that you're expressing around nothing else is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm yeah. so curious how that ambition it like has moved into your parenthood. Yes, absolutely. So that's where I was like, how this all ties into being a mother. Right. Yeah. Is, you know, when I found Kundalini Yoga, there were so many things that just like melted my heart. Right. So the teachings themselves are so beautiful. Um, They're so um, aesthetic. They're so, they're so rich that you could be intellectually fed for your entire life. Or in entire um, life, there is so much to learn within the technology. Truly, and it's so rich, and you can get in great shape. 
um, you, you're healing your body. So there's a total like anti, there's a beauty aspect to it. And then one of the fundamental parts of Kundalini yoga is actually motherhood and motherhood training. And um, this made me feel really safe because of course, even though I, I am really actually a very independent person, I have a huge amount of um, individualization that I need to do in my lifetime. Uh, I want, I knew that being a mother was a part of my journey and I wanted to develop myself in that way. So a big part of how these spaces combine is um, in helping my children to achieve what I've called a soul victory. So this is my prayer for every person on the planet that, again, when we, when we have ambition and we're all programmed from the outside to feel like we're not worth anything unless we've had, we have X amount of money or unless we have some sort of status symbol, whether that's the clothing or the cars or the career accolades or something that says, Hey, you've made it. You're good enough. Um, where everybody's programmed, at least in the West, like that to some degree. And so we think of that as being the victory, but everybody knows that you get the thing and it's, it's a pretty shallow victory. Like it doesn't yeah. really do it. You're still hungry. You still don't feel like you're enough. Um, you still feel sort of lost and like wanting. And so I realized like for me, what was going to work was this expression, a, a relationship with myself, true relationship with myself. It's my soul. It's who I am. I want to know that. And if we're, if I'm working from a place of my soul, of my true being, of my true inner being, then it's a victory. Mm. And that is satisfying. Mm. And that is fulfilling. And that's all I could hope that my children would be able to experience that they're not, you know, that of course they get the recognition from their creative endeavors, right? We all want our, to work hard and be seen for our hard work. Of course they get, you know, prosperity. Everybody wants prosperity. That's normal. Um, but ultimately that they have a victory of their soul and that that is what they, um, they have that ecstasy that's an ecstasy, that's a celebration, that's, a, that's an attainment. And then from that, they're able to share that with other people, that this is not about, you know, grabbing and greed and, and, and the, the, the heavy greed that we see in America. This is about you experiencing and expressing yourself in a radiant blaze of the divine, mm. and then helping somebody else see that that's who they really are too. Oh, I love that right? so much. And I, I'm I just have... so curious, can I jump in around how, what, it, what, when you've got like a, cause are your kids under five right now, Hudman Joe? They are. Yeah. Yes. On a super five. tangible level, can you tell me what that soul victory looks like? For you? Like, how do you recognize it within your children? I just know everyone's going to be like, well, everyone says it to us all the time. Yes, but how? Yes, but what does it look like? You know? Yes, yes. And so for that, it is really, I think, probably what you and Emma work with, which is giving them space, 
letting the children discover themselves, you know, not putting so much structure and so much pressure on them. Um, just letting them unfold and feel themselves and just like letting them have their self-expression and play and discovery and, and moving at their, moving at their pace. Um, I don't think that at this age, either one of them would be like, Hey mom, I'm having soul victory right now. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a, that's a, that's a Maslow's like hierarchy of Give needs. needs. <laughs> that's a much like higher level of hierarchy of needs, self, the self-actualization. Um, that's probably a good way to say it. Like I'm on a quest for self-actualization and I, I am a very fierce person. I will not stop. But uh, when it comes to the children, just giving them a lot of space and a lot of nurturing and um, a lot of fresh, fresh air, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of high energy and, and I, fresh air. I would say that it's also from what I see with my own children is that like, yes, I am a mother and I'm a very dedicated mother and my kids are at home all the time. We actually don't school and, you know, we're really together, but I'm also very driven on my own dreams and I'm dreaming and I'm expanding and I'm setting intentions for things that are outside my parenting. And I feel like you do the same and that it gives our children so much more permission to really dream into their own world because they're seeing their caregiver you know, go out there and do fun and exciting new things or be at home with their practice or exploring new concepts or, you know, mm -hmm. learning deep diving. And I think that's where the soul victory comes in, you know, when a mother or a parent is moving towards that soul victory themselves. Mm -hmm. It's a real beacon for their children to experience the same, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. rather than just sort of resting in defeat, yeah, um, this world is really challenging, and I do think there are a lot of obstacles and lots of things. Like it takes a lot of artists use this phrasing. They say they have to fight against mediocrity, and um, I never really understood that until um, I realized that you know, with the passing of my teacher, we were in such a groove. So it was amazing. Um, and then with her passing, I realized I, this was a solo job. Um, and uh, I never realized how much fight it really took to just to, to really self-actualize. And um, it's so different when they're little, you know, I think I recognize soul victory when they feel courageous when they feel confident or even when they feel confident to say, Hey, I'm scared. I need help. Yeah. You know, all of these spaces, their humanity, their yeah. humanity is, is a soul victory to me. Yeah. I was going to say, I would be, I was going to ask when you, if you see the glimmers, because, you know, we say in play therapy that um, play is the expression of the child's soul. And you know, there's so many moments in our kids where we just see their full expression and it's just um, something I think that us as adults, like it can be far away from us. You know, we're actually very conditioned out of our full expression. Yeah. And then the conditioning starts so very early on for children. But in a, if we can intentionally hold the space for their free expression, it's a 
completely different game. And I don't think many of us had had that um, held for us, you know? I, I agree. And I, I think this is why, so my Infinity Maw program, um, it, they, I have a whole like, you know, uh, I think it was six months, six month program on Rama TV, uh, which was my former studio um, that goes from fertility, conscious conception, uh, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester birth and the post 40 days from the teachings of Kundalini Yoga. Um, so that's a great resource for people who are looking to get pregnant or are, are in a pregnancy space right now. Um, but my most recent Infinity Mock course is called The Mother Principle. And I did it because actually I feel like the mother is the one that needs a lot of nurturing and nourishment right now. Because again, like we're talking about, it is something beautiful and sacred to create that safe space for your child to self-actualize and, and not put a lot of like pressure on them, which so many of us were pressurized so early on myself definitely included that creates a, a way in which actually we're not able to celebrate we're not able to just like be in like full like expressive joy and self and that's that is part i would have never called it a, a an inner child reclamation until now but that is part of my quest which is i don't i'm breaking free i don't want to be like stuck and just my kids get all the the energy I want it too. And they need to see it so that they can see in an adult, it's possible. It's possible to, we always want to protect their beautiful expression of self, but we also have to protect it in ourselves. So I put together this course called the mother principle to give mothers that energetic, spiritual, but also biological um, and social nourishment that it requires to go through that unfolding and unpacking. I think it is a lot of, it does take some tears um, and some crying and some grieving to realize you've locked yourself out of your own free self-expression for so long and, um, and some permission and some softness and some tenderness to allow yourself to try and get back into it and some practice some like wobbly some wobbly legs some sea legs to get back into your, your uh, self-expression i love that because i think um you know just the term kundalini yoga does not express just the layers of technology that come with this practice because kundalini yoga in itself sounds like a one-hour session of doing a practice but from my own experience, it's woven into your everyday life with children. You know, it's a, it's mantras, it's meditation, it's ways of being, it's ways of communicating. It is your own personal practice to practice with your kids, your practice with your family. And, you know, it what it is a householder's yoga. It's for the mother who can, you know, be at home with her kids and doing this practice. So I would love for you to share what it looks like in your your everyday dynamic to be practicing as a mother and to be having that spiritual tether, you know, like holding on to your, you know, your practice and doing things that satiate you on a soul level as well as parenting. Definitely. So um, right now I try, I actually, I teach every morning at 6.45 a.m. Pacific and um, so, and that's the time where actually my kids are sleeping. I know that's not for most people's day. That's 
that doesn't actually happen. Like the kids are awake at five, uh, but my kids are still asleep at that time. So that's nice. And I, I mentioned that because I think that the kids are going to be asleep at some point during the day. At that time, I know there's all kinds of things you could and should be doing, but you can take an hour to practice. You absolutely can. And this can be, this can be challenging um, in new motherhood when the children are very young, when the sleep cycles, and when you have multiple kids, you know, the sleep cycles are all over the place. They, you know, somebody's napping at this time, no, someone else is not napping. I totally get it. So in new motherhood, I think you have to give yourself actually a lot of breathing room and um, not pressurize yourself so much. Look for the little windows. Um, the nice, what I love about Kundalini yoga and why I think it's so powerful is that it's mechanistic. The reason why it works is because it works on your hypothalamus, which is going to build more oxytocin in your brain. It works on your nervous system. So it's going to make you stress resistant because you have a strong nervous system. Um, it works on your hormonal body. So if you have three minutes, six minutes, this is not like a do your prayers kind of thing. This is not like, you know, get your homework done. This is do this thing that we know biologically is going to put you back into a, a visceral bodily space of balance and feeling good. And it doesn't, it doesn't take much. So number one, when your kids are sleeping, do your practice. Number two, if you have young children, give yourself some breathing room, look for the small pockets of time. Um, so for me, I wake up, I take a little cold shower and then I start my class and I have, I lean really heavily on mantras. When I was first starting Kundalini yoga, I never ever would have thought that I would be a mantra girl. That's not something I, I, I tell this story a lot. Like I didn't grow up super spiritual. I, there was a hippie store in my town. I liked it. I thought it was cool, but I wasn't like, whoa, my people. Um, I was an art. I was an artist. I was a singer. I was an actress. You know, I excelled. I tried very hard in school because my parents parents really emphasized that. So I was very scholastic, but I was really a singer and an actress and not really, not really a spiritual person, but because I was so following that thread of self-actualization, what it ultimately led me to was spiritual technology. And, and so I actually come at it from this space of, um, practice of effectiveness. Like this is not because I like love God. I mean, I do love God, but I come at it because I, because it's actually an effective way for me to have the feelings I want to have. So I lean very heavily on mantra. I find mantras to be very easy to learn. I don't find them complex at all. I think you just have to put your mind into it. Yeah. God, that's From, really kill me. Those guys are out of control. Yeah. That, that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually think if you put your, most people feel like, oh, a little intimidated by mantras. I think if you put your mind into it, they are actually really easy on the mouth and it takes a little practice, it's but not so easy. And if you listen to them overnight, very gently, they just download into your system and you'll be chanting them in no time. And exactly. gave me the advice of just move your mouth. Just move your mouth and they will start to work. And I did that and, yeah, now I can chant very easily. A lot of ones that seem very complex, but we loved when um, Hadmanjot 
came on the call today, she blasted into the room listening to Ekar Mai, which is actually one that I really resonate with. I really love that Puri and the Japji. Um, yeah. It's just, it be, I think it's one of the most powerful technologies to have as a mother is mantras. Like, but children, if I can put them on, like I can redirect the energy in the house with mantras and my kids, you know? Well, kids love mantras. My kids love mantras and, um, and they, they are, they're just like, there's something you can do anywhere, anytime, even if you just have them playing, then they're creating the energy in the room. And so we, like, I'm sure you both have, have mantras playing all over our house all day long and all night long, because my husband is into yoga too, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, he's into it. So we just have the mantras going all the time and it really, really helps. And when I was first postpartum with my, um, both children, I you know, really leaned into those, having those mantra boxes. Cause there would be days where like, Hey, I want to get up and do a practice, but actually I'm tired. And my, my sleep is going to give me more energy than, um, me like guilt catholically whipping myself into a practice right now. That's actually a huge part. I think of for me, unwinding Dharma and dogma, yeah. where people kind of come to a yogic practice, they're getting some kind of like really positive experience. And then because it is spiritual, they start to put all of their religious training onto their yoga practice. And then it kind of ruins the practice. It's, yeah. it's technology, it's mechanistic. It has nothing to do with going to heaven or any, and that's an unconscious subconscious thought, right? We don't really think we're trying to go to heaven, but you're practicing like you are. And um, it's not about that. It's actually about the way I see it is it's about this. You have a destiny and there's distance. You, you, you sort of have to meet your destiny. There's space and time. You have to cross the distance. What's going to get you there? Do you need sleep? Do you need food? Do you need fun? Do you need practice? Practice really, really helps. I practice every day because it helps me, but not because I think I might like go to hell if I don't, but because it helps me cross the distance. Mm -hmm. I want a certain caliber. I want a certain experience in life and I'll do what it takes to get there, you know, when I can. And when I can't, you just sleep and laugh and think positive thoughts and, you know, you know, we actually had this conversation yesterday in a webinar that we taught because, you know, I think people have a lot of excuses of why they can't do things. And as a parent, actually, sleep is one of them. And they, you know, I have kind of proven to myself time and time again that when I am willing to do something, like we actually were reflecting on the the time when we met Guru Jagat and we had to show up at Visionary Room at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, And we were there all day until 11 o'clock in the middle of the next day. And, you know, that sounds insane to people when I tell them because I've got kids and they're like, but what did you do about sleep? And what did you do about this? And I'm like, oh, truly willingness gives me energy. And of course, I'll catch up. I'll catch up on my sleep and I'll have like a nice lush week of like catch up. But that when there's sometimes there's times when our willingness is more energizing 
than not actually engaging it, you know? And it's just, it keeps me buoyed up. And it's like when I'm moving towards my destiny path and I'm spreading the message that I want to spread and I'm showing up for that, I get energized by it. And then I use things like mantras or breath or, you know, kriyas or meditations to kind of help me buoy along in that way. So it's so cool to hear you say that because it's true. It's like sometimes you do get the rest that you need and then sometimes you just supercharge yourself with all of the technology and really give yourself heaps of energy, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I had this, I feel I had this response. Somebody asked me a question. They said, I, I really want to work on my passion, but I'm so tired from my job, job, that I find it hard to work on my passion. And, you know, instant, there's a few different pieces there. One, it's like, it's okay. Patience pays love, like self-love is a quantum leap here. Um, you know, there might be some different kinds of like loving yourself and less pressurization. Like I'm supposed to be living my passion. Like, what if, what if it's okay? Just where you are right now? What if that's okay? What if that's human? And humanity is actually the most important thing. So what if that's fine? But also, if it's not giving you extra energy, is it really your passion? You know, like we need to do things. If, if, it's, if it's really your passion, it's kind of no problem, you know, you, because you, it'll give you more energy. So it's not that hard to like miss a few hours here and there. I think people are really fed um, a, a at least in the US, I really, I feel like I'm in such a weird um, like echo chamber inside the United States where I can't tell what's going on in the rest of the world and how culture is being impacted. So I don't wanna speak for even the West, but in the United States, people are definitely being fed a, a, like a narrative around self-compassion, which is it's okay to not try. And I, I feel like it's such a nuanced thing because we do, we have been in such a pressurized situation that maybe you need to give yourself, you do need to give yourself a little leash, you know, and like, it's okay. Like, just calm down, just practice on loving yourself. That, that, that's really enough. But also you can't expect things to happen without engagement that it actually takes your participation. Life is a constant flow of love. All it takes is your participation. It takes you having just a little bit of courage to say like, you know what, I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna try. And that alone starts to let things, then things start to move a little bit more, um, uh, what are they, adaptogenically. Things start to move in a kind of mandala and it's an active participation with life, which I think motherhood, demands yeah oh I love that so much it's so lovely to talk to you because it's just so nice to speak to a mom who is going through it you know and it doesn't look perfect and it doesn't look like I think what people get stumped by is that they think that there's just these exceptional people who can get up every morning at four o'clock and like power through a kundalini yoga class and then parent and then be business women and you know all those types of things but um it can look so clunky but it can still happen you know mm. yeah 
I think motherhood is very humanizing. And I do think that is very important just to, to love yourself as a human. We're not robots. Yeah. We're not going to get it perfect. And we don't need to like be these like superheroes. There, there is, you can probably do more than you think. Like you said, there's a lot of excuse making and there's a lot of just like, there's a, that's really a, a reluctancy and a resistance to engagement, but also loving and accepting yourself in your humanity, in your, in your flawed imperfection. It's part of the game. Mm. What a it's part of the self-actualization game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what a beautiful um, uh, mantra to leave our listeners with. And Hudmanjot, yeah. um, what a pleasure it has been to meet you and to tune into your energy and to have a good chat. We want to thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. My pleasure.